This is Tad Stones, creator of The Terror That Flaps in the Night, and you're listening to The St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. this podcast i really have to wonder when will it get to be too much where will it end and who will end it Ooh, existential welcome <laughs> to take our files a darkwing duck podcast we're your hosts mike russo and tiffany silverbron how you doing tiffany pretty good good glad to hear it we had our first really hot day in new york today and it was like almost 80 it's only mid-April. I was surprised it got so hot, but it knocked me out. I was outside a lot of the day with my kids. But um, my list is my, that yesterday was my last day of work. I get 10 days off for Easter, even though Easter was a couple of weeks ago when you guys hear this. Um, <laughs> and I gave myself a week off of work, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, this will be the last time we record together for a little while. We're taking a bit of a break, but episodes will still be on time. Don't you worry. And uh, what's new with you? I'm still packing and getting ready for our big move, still planning our wedding, lots of stuff. And today for us, it was raining, (laughs) super Ah. cold. (laughs) So we figure um, we'll just jump into the issue. Um, Why not? Every episode doesn't have to be 40 to 50 minutes. Although toward the end of the discussion of this plot, You know, there's some major diversions when we get to Definitively Dangerous, some super big ones we will have to discuss for a little bit. So I figure let's just start and um, get going with this, huh? How do you feel about that? Sure. All right. So here we are with um, issue 16, uh, the fourth part of uh, Campaign Carnage, which is called The Ballad of Darkwing Duck and Launchpad Part 2. And uh, this issue came out in September of 2011. Once again, we're just about down to the home stretch here with Darkwing Duck and Boom. And once again, we have two covers. And tell us about cover A, Tiff. So cover A has a border of blue with um, white stars and red in the middle. And you see Darkwing doing... um, Front and center with uh, Nixon hands. Haru. <laughs> and you got Suffrage right behind him, um, reaching out like she's going to grab him, bursting through the comic book page. And then on the left and right sides of Darkwing, we got One Shot and um, Cat Tankerous again. Again? They're not even really in this. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, so, what do you think of this cover? Um, it's pretty good. It's all right. I mean, it's drawn nice, but yeah. What I don't like is it looks like Darkwing's wearing suffrage for a hat. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> it looks like he's got like one of those Swami hats on and like <laughs> yeah, totally. suffrage is ripping through it. <laughs> I can totally like, see that. <laughs> like her head's the jewel on the hat. 
Yeah. And like, like and like one ass. shot and Ket Tankers are tearing through his armpits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, total Jafar hat. <laughs> it's really oddly set up. Um, although I do like it and the muted color choices on Darkwing are pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, not super vibrant. No, like his buttons are silver, they're not yellow, the colors are very, very muted, but I, I like it. It's it's all right. I would have placed the villains a little bit differently, but it's cool. Um, so that's our Silvani cover, and we have another Albergetti cover for um, B. What does that one look like? This one has um, kind of a silhouette of suffrage, and she's got like blinding light coming from behind her. She's completely backlit. And you see um, Darkwing and Launchpad in perspective in a dazed state from this blast of light energy. Darkwing's face is so Australia. <laughs> yeah. But if you look at his hands, like, I, I'm looking at Darkwing's hands and I totally see Albergetti's work on Ed, Ed and Eddie with those hands. Yep. <laughs> like, those are not Disney hands. Those are like <laughs> Ed, Ed and Eddie hands, like, totally. <laughs> but it's a, it's a it's cool. Uh, I don't know which one I like more. Uh, which one do you prefer? I think I like B more. Yeah, I'm I'm always gonna gravitate towards Sabrina as much as I like Silvani's stuff. I just love her dark wings. I just yeah. love the way she draws the characters. So there we go. Those are our covers. So I think we should just start talking about what happens in this issue. Um, take it away, Tiff. So it starts and you see Darkwing and he's again with the Nixon hands <laughs> being, <Haru>. carried, <laughs> being carried by the crowd of um, the citizens of St. Canard chanting Darkwing, Darkwing. And they're holding banners that say Darkwing for a new St. Canard. And um, you hear Launchpad all of a sudden say coping mechanism and says that, you know, in times of stress, sometimes people um, have delusions and then you realize that it's not actually his adoring fans. It's still the hypnotized people from suffrage and it's continuing right off from the last issue. Right. And um, so they're carrying Darkwing and Launchpad to um, basically they're going to burn them all at the stake. <laughs> uh, the two of them and Constance. Constance yeah. is already tied up. This is pretty brutal. Yep. <laughs> um, then uh, we get Suffrage uh, monologuing about how none of them are fit to rule St. Canard as mayor. And um, at the same time, Darkwing, you know, says that, you know, you should stop talking. And yes, I'm aware that I, Darkwing Duck, just said, why make with all the talk? Which is hilarious. And um. Of course, they're really pushing this Morgana uh, connection because Suffrage calls them normals. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And in Definitively Dangerous, the second time Suffrage says it, she actually says normies. Hmm. Which, isn't that something Moloculo had said? Yep. Yeah. In that exact term, right? Yep. Um, before we go any further, I really love Constance's line. Um, so who is going to run it? You? Who are you going to put in charge of water and power? Liquidator or Megavolt? Yeah. 
shades of justice justice ducks <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um but if it's department of water and power does yeah. one of them get to do it or both of them and that's a very volatile combination <laughs> um so then darkwing grabs a laser pen from behind his back and starts to get to work trying to free himself from um the stake <laughs> and but in as, true darkwing fashion yeah <laughs> then he accidentally burn starts burning the stake with the laser and sets it on fire instead <laughs> yep and she's like could someone like me be any worse than this guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah um then it cuts back to darkwing tower on the bridge and um you see Doofus, Goslin, and Honker, and they're watching all this unfold on TV. And um, <laughs> Doofus says, we have to save Launchpad and Darkwing. Maybe, you know, in that order. <laughs> and in Definitively Dangerous, he says, we have to save Launchpad. And in much tinier font, he says, and Darkwing too, if there's time. <laughs> <laughs> Both are funny. Both work. Yeah. yeah. Um. Then they all of a sudden hear a sound and um, Doofus asks what it was and they go and look at the other tower and see that um, Suffrage is actually in the other tower. Yeah, she's all hooked up to cables. A lot of monitors watching the action, you know, of Darkwing Launchpad and Constance. And she has a big machine behind her that's full of the ink. And she's wearing like I guess the supervillain equivalent of the power glove. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, like, yeah, like a big Thanos glove. <laughs> with like this, she's got two of them and like four cables connected to each one. Like she's totally tricked out here. Yeah, and so um, Goslin, you know, sneaks down to, for closer inspection to see what's happening. Because of course um, you would. Yeah. <laughs> And it cuts back to um, Darkwing and Launchpad in the crowd. And um, he's, you know, starting to burn. And <laughs> he hasn't put that fire out. He hasn't put the fire out. And Suffered says, what's the matter? The great Darkwing Duck's afraid of a hot foot. He says, of course I'm afraid of fire. You know, <laughs> who else? Oh, wait. You, know, you know who else is? Yeah, Everyone! Else is everyone? <laughs> <laughs> And um, and just because just before he's about to throw that line right back at her, what's the matter? The great suffrage is afraid of. She suddenly blips away. Yep. And she completely disappears. Yep. So what what happened? So it's a projection. It's not actually her there. She's actually in the tower next to um, Darkwing's hideout. And the reason why the other suffrage blipped away is because Goslin gave her a hot foot. Yep. <laughs> and so Goslin calls Darkwing, tries to um, let him know what's happening. And as she's talking to him, suffrage discovers her. And Darkwing hears this over the phone and it helps him burst through the ropes. And he says, let's get dangerous. Yep. <laughs> 
Uh, it's a funny drawing of when suffrage like gets in Goslin's face. Goslin's yeah. face is reflected in her dome. So we have this distorted Goslin head. Like yeah. <laughs> it's weird, but I, I kind of like it. It's funny. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> it's kind of like horror movie-esque. <laughs> yeah. Darkwing breaks out of the ropes, unties Launchpad, and they both realize that uh, Constance is gone. She apparently untied herself, apparently, and Darkwing <laughs> says, I don't know. I'm starting to think I'll never figure that woman out. Yep. And since she's gone, all the citizens start regaining their consciousness. But, you know, if you look at the stake that Constance was tied to, it looks like the ropes are still tied. So, hmm. Yep. <laughs> I wonder if Constance was really there. <laughs> and yeah, in the crowd here, you got um, Sunny Gummy and um, the cow, I forget her name, from Home on the Range. Roseanne Barr's character, yeah. Yeah. And um, Hoppo from The Wuzzles. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it like Hopperoo? I thought it was Hoppo because it's like hippo and a hippo bunch. and kangaroo, right? Hippo Wait, kangaroo, yeah. Oh no, that was Ellaroo. He yeah, was an elephant Ellie. kangaroo, and she yeah, was a Ellie. bunny. She was a bunny hippo. Yeah, bunny hippo, and I haven't seen Wuzzles in like thirty <laughs> years, so I don't even know. Me either. <laughs> Bring it to Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not not really. I wouldn't care if they didn't. Um. A few other, like, I think one of the hyenas from uh, Lion King might be there. Maybe a penguin from Mary Poppins. There is a scrawny-looking lion. Uh, I can't... Maybe it's the mountain lion from the Goofy cartoons. I can't... Mm -hmm. Maybe Gurgi's back there, too, from... Yeah, like a sheepdog-looking... Yeah, and... It's just a lot. You know, Silvani doing what Silvani does. So Darkwing and Launchpad run off to the bridge to, you know, go help Goslin, who is trapped under glass with Honker and Doofus, the same way they were trapped under glass in the Negaverse episode. Yep. Goslin's yelling something at Suffrage, but since she's under glass, the, the, word, the word balloon is completely blank. Yep. <laughs> and then Darkwing shows up. He starts his entrance, but she cuts him <laughs> off. And he's like, I am the, and she's like, the spoiler third party candidate, the pop quiz at the electrical college, um, the electoral co college, excuse me. <laughs> That's like Homer says to Apu, we have to start all over again at the electrical college. <laughs> um, so Darkwing says, I was going to go with the second one. How'd you know? And what does she say to him? Big fan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> but she doesn't hit him with a big fan. She hits him with a whole bunch of anvils. Yep. Just completely crushes him with like four or five of them. <laughs> okay, then she starts to screw with his mind. Yep. What does Suffrage do to Darkwing? So she wants to go inside of his mind now. And you see a swirl of pink clouds, which is symbolic, I guess, of you know, his visions inside of his mind. Right. And he wants to find out what's, what actually scares him. And she asks, is it being normal? And you see him in like a boring office outfit. Kind of <laughs> like when he worked at Quackworks. Yeah. Yep. 
and or is it being a drone and you see one of the um robots the crime bots yeah the crime bots <laughs> um a tyrant and you see dark warrior <laughs> or is it um just not or being original and you see all the crisis on if infinite darkwing versions sprouting out of his head <laughs> yeah i see the, the, the quiver wing one i see the caveman uh the werewolf, or I guess, I guess it's the werewolf. I think the, the Lady Gaga, Gaga. the Lady Gaga one's there too. <laughs> one with the Fez, and of course you can't forget Bowling Ball Dark. <laughs> They're <Not> all there. <laughs> yeah, and then she says maybe it's just simply being overpowered, and then you see, um, she says uh, you have masked quite a rogues gallery, and you see all. Um, Darkwing villains, starting with One Shot and Cat Tangerous, and then the Fearsome Five, and well, the Fearsome Four, or the Fearsome Four, and then um, Foul High Command with Steelbeak pointing a gun at him, and, and Duck Thulu. Oh yeah, and um, then the Steerminator, and then finally a massive Negaduck head staring straight at him. And that's when she says, "You have to wonder when will it get to be too much? Where will it end?" And who will end it? And I will, you know, I always put in my two cents when this kind of thing happens, where she kind of builds up to Negaduck. And as much as I like Negaduck, I've never in my mind treated Negaduck as the be-all, end-all villain. I know that might sound crazy, but the fact that on the show, Negaduck was always given the most humiliating defeats from Darkwing. <laughs> Yeah. Like, Negaduck was beaten once by falling down the stairs. He was blown up once by catching his own missile. <laughs> like, Negaduck gets some pretty pathetic defeats. He never in the show ever came across as the ultimate eagle, you know, ultimate evil. But here, Suffrage is building him up. Like, who will end it? Will it be Negaduck? And Negaduck's face is gigantic. And sometimes I feel like these comics is where it really got started with Negaduck being like, like ultimate, you know? Yeah. And okay, so I have to stop our discussion of the story right here for a second, because this is where Definitively Dangerous adds an entire page to what's happening here. Because after Negaduck, she says, or do you fear for the ones you'll leave behind? And Darkwing sees Launchpad and Goslin mourning over him, and Goslin's holding his hat. And then she says, or is it? And then Darkwing turns around, and there's a giant Morgana saying, the wrath of those you've abandoned? And Darkwing's like, no, I didn't abandon her. She left by choice, and I'm going to find her one day. And then the ground opens up behind him and all the villain's hands reach up and grab onto his cape and start pulling him down. Whoa. And that's where we cut to the next page of the Boom comic. All right. Where, where what's happening? So you see Launchpad sneaking in and he's releasing the kids, um, Hunker, Goslin, and Doofus. Darkwing's oh. in the background in a fetal <laughs> position. Yeah. <laughs> Shaking. And um they look they see the the giant machine with the um dome of uh the ink. The, the ink goo stuff. Um they start to sneak up behind Suffrage and um 
she says, uh, or she, I don't know what this isn't definitively dangerous for after what you said, but you know, and Cower what stares back at you to Darkwing. This isn't definitively dangerous too. Okay. When Darkwing is tied up and surrounded by every villain, including a giant shark tied to a death trap. Yeah. <laughs> you got oh. Negaduck with the chainsaw. You got Taurus Bulba. You got, you got everybody. <laughs> yeah. And nothing happens. Darkwing's scared. And he just says, hey, all gone. And you see that Goslin has unplugged the machine. And then when Suffrage jumps at her, Launchpad reaches over, pulls off the helmet, and who is it? It's Constance. No! <laughs> Gee, who didn't yeah. see that one coming? <laughs> um, yeah, and she's gloating about how she thinks she was the closest to ever defeating Darkwing. She almost beat him twice, she says. Both in real life and on the, you know, in the election. Yep. Fake Carter away in a police car. (laughs) Goodbye, Constance. (laughs) Yep. And then um, Darkwing and Launchpad are shaking hands and they're waiting or they're wondering about Bob and, you know, what he has to do with all of this. And they're now just going on to see what's going to happen with the election, that it's just between Darkwing and Launchpad. And then we get a panel that shows the, you know, the election building with a ton of people with Launchpad and Darkwing signs. And we got way too many references from Silvani um, on the telephone really polls. Ob- really obscure ones. Yes. <laughs> so on the telephone polls, we have the Mighty Ducks, a wanted poster for a skipper for the Jungle Cruise. Um, we got a Monster Zinc uh, company flyer. A flyer to visit Seal Island, which was a 1948 um, True Life Adventure movie from Disney, uh, which is a pretty deep cut. Um, <laughs> name a few more. There's a Topolino poster, um, which is the Italian Mickey Mouse comics that a lot of the, these stories and characters that came from the Italian version of these comic books. Right. And uh, um, 99 Souls Needed for the Black Pearl <laughs> poster. And then a Name a lot of the characters in the front row of this crowd. Okay, so we got Oswald the rabbit, and there's um the a bird and an owl from an old Silly Symphonies called Who Killed Cock Robin, um, the tortoise and the hare from Silly Symphonies, and uh, what seems to be the original Donald Duck um, pig and chicken from the wise little hen yeah i I think it's peter i think it's peter pig i think was the character's name yeah thank god donald caught on and not him (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then pablo from three caballeros um, pablo the penguin who didn't want to be cold what was it he didn't want to be cold anymore or something like that moved to a tropical climate (laughs) yeah um the grasshopper from the grasshopper and the ants and uh an ostrich from Fantasia, and I think that's it. I mean, more or less, this group of characters is a huge silly symphony orgy. Yep. <laughs> basically. So, who won the election? <laughs> Launchpad. <laughs> and if you read the newspaper, they show Darkwing got 1% of the vote, <laughs> and he is really miserable about it. It was probably Darkwing voting for himself. 
<laughs> Probably. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, so, you know, Launchpad makes it clear he ran because it makes sense. He can be in office while Darkwing can just go do his job, which is way too smart for Launchpad. Yeah. And then, of course, he says, how hard can this be? <laughs> and then we get, which obviously would be like a, a quick smash cut if this was a cartoon or like a spinning newspaper that says <laughs> McQuack Mayor for five minutes, city in chaos. <laughs> and I love that shrugged shoulders launch pad photo. <laughs> it says real sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, launch pad screwed everything up. But to be honest, I don't think Darkwing would have done much better. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, you see the city destroyed and then it cuts to Bob um, talking about how he had such high hopes for Constance. Um, and uh, you see that he is actually in cahoots with Magic of Dispel. <laughs> and he makes a comment that what he has is not ink. Whatever it is, it's really bad. And he says it's slime. Yeah. And he's holding it in a jar. Yeah. And then um, he, yeah, he's talking about his scheme. And then it is revealed that he is dun, 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 <laughs> the Phantom yep. Block. Yep. <laughs> he makes Darth Vader look like a Boy Scout. <laughs> or whatever the heck he said in that DuckTales episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Just, you know what? I know there's been a billion other like phantom blots in the comics, but because I'm like this, my go-to is that DuckTales episode with the Frank Welker voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's been in the, he's existed as a Disney character since 1939, I guess. But he's never had any like real animated play aside he's from that DuckTales episode. And I think something in Mickey Mouse works or something like yeah. that. Mickey Mouse but, works, House of Mouse. Yeah, but he really hasn't made a oh, name for himself in animation wasn't he in a ducktail an 87 ducktales one yeah one duck I'm, i was actually referring to the ducktales episode from I mean, 87 um all duck <laughs> all ducks on deck he was on the episode with uh, donald duck and yes a completely different version of him was in the 2017 show um, yeah that's the one that i was talking about yeah yeah but he was on the original ducktales too yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so our final page um it takes place in Duckburg, and Scrooge reads the newspaper and sees what happened with Launchpad and is pretty pissed. And then calls the boys and Webby and tells them, you know, we have to go to St. Canard. And the kids ask, you know, we're going to meet Darkwing Duck again? He's like, I don't care. But all <laughs> I know is St. Canard's not going to be the same after I arrive. And the final panel is Scrooge and the kids walking towards the quote-unquote camera to take care of business. That's how this issue ends. Um, but definitively dangerous because it's, you know, it's acting like um, dangerous currency is in canon. They change this ending completely. So let me go into what happens there. So after the scene with the phantom blot, let me just get that quick. We actually cut to what Launchpad has to do to clean up his mess. Um, you know, he, he puts in a solar roadway. He's trying to do his best to clean up the mess he made. And then he resigns and hands over, um, his position as CEO of Quackworks to Maury Thwackstein. 
Remember him? Mm, no. <laughs> From the Duck Knight Returns. He was the old man modeled after oh, Carl. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he's giving his position as CEO back to this guy. And then Scrooge comes in and thanks McQuack for his tireless service and then attacks him for his cane when Scrooge sees the invoice for the city's repairs. <laughs> so then after that, we go to the bridge and we see um, Darkwing with a crystal ball and he has a room full of mementos from his days of crime fighting. And he has a ton of stuff here that's like shout outs for all the episodes. He has Megavolt's plug hat, Ammonia Pine's mop. He has One Shot's coat. He has a bottle. He has one of the costumes from Dry Hard with the giant water bottle the ladies wore. <laughs> mm-hmm. He has a chained up um, Jack in the Box from Patty Whack, Negaduck's chainsaw, the cake from the Negaverse episode, Catankerous's wow. helmet, Tuscanini's megaphone, the Tron splitter. He's also got a Splatter Phoenix's paintbrush, a stitched together banana brain, um, Lilliput's helmet, uh, Megavolt's uh, the gun from Inherit the Wimp that takes your nervous energy. Yeah. On um, the Scarab from Broadcast, Broadcast News and the Time Top. So wow. Darkwing has a whole memento room in his, in his hideout. So he says, I don't know if you can hear me, Morgana, but I miss you. And he puts the crystal ball on a pedestal. He says, I know you're out there. Find your way back to me. He shuts off the light. The crystal ball starts to glow, and Eek, Squeak, and Archie show up and gather around it. And then we wrap up with Darkwing putting on a new costume. He puts on, instead of a turtleneck, he puts on a button-down shirt and a tie. And he puts two gas guns behind his back, because now in the Joe Books comics, he actually wears a different costume. It's actually a suit and tie. And he uses two gas guns. You know, very gunslinger. Double fist. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, I'll quote the dialogue. Since not everyone has definitively dangerous, he says, ever since my return, I've second-guessed myself. No more. I once again face down Taurus Bulba, the greatest crime lord St. Canard has ever seen. I stopped the combined forces of Negaduck and Paddywhack. I impeded the interdimensional invasion of a sinister space squid. But none of it would have been possible without my family. I am the terror that flaps in the night. Now and forever, I am Darkwing Duck. And the final panel is him swinging off the building, holding his gas gun. And it says, never the end. Nice. And that's, that's supposed to lead directly to Joe Books. Because nice. like I said, in Joe Books continuity, dangerous currency doesn't count. Yeah. So they had to rewrite that ending. I love the way it ended. It really yeah. is cool. And it explains why he's wearing a different costume. Yep. <laughs> because he's definitely, he's he's refocusing himself. The entire Boom Comics was Darkwing getting back into crime fighting. And every all these issues with the doppelgangers ruining his, ruining his reputation. And all that self-doubt turning into Cthulhu. Duckthulhu, I should say. And <laughs> in the Joe Books comics, it's a lot more like the show where it's just true Darkwing Duck again. And they're just, they're trying to get back to that. So, but again, we still have dangerous currency to talk about, <laughs> you know. Thoughts on this issue? Um, I 
I liked it okay. I would give it uh, a three and a half. Okay, why is that? Um, I well, okay, let me see. Actually, <laughs> maybe I'll give it a three. Actually, a straight out it, three. Okay, because of um, I don't like the confusion with suffrage. <laughs> It's too much. It's trying to fake us out too much. Yeah. Um, and all that Morgana stuff is a little much. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it's a, a nice conclusion. Again, the art is great. There's not that many... There's not any, like, really character inconsistencies. No. In so it's pretty good. I obviously... I, I mean, I really like that it has the phantom blot in it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So, yeah. I I just lowered it only because of the confusion with suffrage as a character. I'm just going to give it a three, which is the same one I gave the last issue, because it's literally just a second part, and it's really more of the same. Yeah. It's not, it's not something completely different. It's just more suffrage, more doofus, more of the campaign stuff with the mayor, and... A lot of the stuff I do like, you know, showing all the villains and tormenting Darkwing with it and the ending with Launchpad screwing up the whole city is cool. Um, so it's just about enough to give it, have me give it the same score. I'm just going to give it a three. Um, what about Suffrage, though? Uh, how are you going to rate her? Um, I guess I'm going to do... Uh, I don't know. Uh. A, two, a two, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What do you like, what do you think of her in general? I don't I, I guess I kind of like the costume is a positive, I will say. I just think whereas like a lot of Darkwing villains are obviously pulling from like other villains from you know old older comics and stuff. But it does it in this, like, still somewhat original way. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's like, you can say, oh, this character's like that character. But, I mean, they're still different. But suffrage is just Mysterio to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like, there's nothing more to her. No. And it's like, there's nothing... Like the name doesn't have anything to do with anything either. Like the, maybe it was the like, name is the name is stupid, and even the comic acknowledges that. If it was like, if maybe like Constance or her alter ego was like pushing like this feminist thing, or like kept talking about feminist issues, and her name was Suffrage, then it's like sure that makes sense and that's funny because. But she's not doing that. Yeah, there's like no reason for the name at all, so I don't like that, and I I definitely don't like the fake out. Morgana thing and the fake out magic of dispel like way that Constance looks. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna see. I tend to be really hard on characters I don't like when I rate them. I'm gonna give her a one and a half. <laughs> right. Um, because I think I would have enjoyed her more if they weren't trying to fake us out so much. If they were just straightforward with who she was, like the show would have been straightforward. Like, like broadcast news did not try to fool us into thinking the Bugmaster was anybody else but Bianca Beakley. It didn't matter. 
Yeah. Like even we even knew Swindling Swine was cement head. There was no we knew. This is trying so hard to fake us out. Not just with that though, with all that Morgana misdirection. Like, why is she calling him dark? Why is she saying the word normie? Yeah. That, that's all Morgana stuff, and she's not Morgana. It's just implied. It's implied even, not even really said straight out, that Constance has a crush on Darkwing, which is why she's calling him dark. But all that's really there for is to make the reader think she's Morgana. Mm-hmm. And that's really lame because she's not. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's supposed to, like, make us go, oh, my God, it's Morgana. And when you read it once and you know it's not, it just comes across as super lame. And it's like, so the the shape of the dome is almost like, okay, like, Morgana's hair is under there. And that's, like, what it's implying. But for it to be funny, I feel like it would have to be, like, oh, no, there's, like, a, a weird other thing inside of there. Like, why it has to be tall like that. Like, that would have been hilarious. But there wasn't. <laughs> But she also has the collar and the like the the separated cape attached to her arms the way Morgana yeah. does. So there's all these little Morgana touches to the costume. Yeah. That it's like a really stupid misdirect. That doesn't need to be there. And I think it just the character could have been better. Like maybe if this was an episode of the show, like she would have been entertaining, but she just doesn't work for me. Yeah. It was almost there. <laughs> almost. Like, it's... the You know, the campaign stuff is fine. I don't love Darkwing going against Launchpad. But at the end of the day, I mean, let's be honest about Darkwing. They're both pretty stupid. And <laughs> neither of them would have been a good mayor. Yeah. So you kind of see that ending coming from a mile away. But... It, it, another thing I like about this comic that does work is I like just Goslin and Honker in this story arc, just being Goslin and Honker. Goslin's yep. not being Quiverling, Quiverwing Quack. She's not Gosmo Duck. It's just the two of them doing what Goslin and Honker do. Honker getting on the computer or on the you know, the microscope, checking things out, using science to solve the problems. Goslin sneaking into places where she doesn't belong. The treatment of the two of them feels so much truer to the show than how Goslin was treated in any other issue. So that does bring it up for me. It's a suffrage herself and all this misdirection brings it all down. Yeah. So, all right. So we're le leaving this one behind. Campaign Carnage is over. Um, next week, we have finally, we're touching on Dangerous Currency. We will do all four issues. Uh, Darkwing number 17 and 18 and DuckTales number five and six. So we will discuss each issue individually. And uh, I have a lot to say. Um, and because a lot of my opinions are not positive, we're bringing in Stan Lunn um, finally, but he's finally coming back because he likes this story. So it'll be good to have somebody on who's more positive towards it. <laughs> when was the last time you read it? Um, I just recently did. <laughs> Preliminary spoiler thoughts? Uh, thoughts about it? No, I'm not going to touch on it. <laughs> Fine. All right. So next week we will begin talking about Dangerous Currency, our big Darkwing DuckTales crossover. And it'll be interesting to see how we bounce off each other. I'm looking forward to that. Yep. <laughs> so here's the $64,000 question. 
What episode are we doing a mini <laughs> review of today? I got a random one. <laughs> oh, God. What is it? Smarter than a speeding bullet. <laughs> oh, my God. That is, like, super random. Yeah. Why did you pick this one? I don't know. <laughs> what are you, a fan of Comic Guy? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not <laughs> okay, so... Give us your review of this stupid episode. <laughs> I, guess, <laughs> I guess it's because I picked it because it's one that I absolutely hated as a kid. <laughs> uh, but I don't hate it as much as an adult. <laughs> okay. What are its strengths? I think it's one of the, it's like really well animated and the backgrounds in it are beautiful. Well, it's a B-team Disney Japan, which is still better than most studios. Yeah. It's it's not Darkly Dawn's the duck quality, but it's still all right. What else? Um, what else does this one have going for it? I think some of the, just like, some of the, the plot on its own is pretty clever. <laughs> I think the only thing is that comic guy is so annoying. It's it's hard to like see it for what it is. <laughs> the premise is fine. Yeah. It really is. It's just the character himself. Yeah. And maybe it's even just his voice or something. I don't know. <laughs> what did you think about his powers? How he dances and then he stops and <laughs> I mean, that's it's kind of funny now. I mean, I again I really didn't like it as a kid. It felt like it was interrupting from the the plot to me or something as a kid or I just wanted huh. to like get on with the story but now I think it's kind of funny <laughs> you know what I like about this one after so many previous episodes where Steelbeak either does very little or he shows up like right before the episode ends or like in the second act he's there from like moment one and he's a fixture of the entire episode yep <laughs> he's in Except for the training sequence, I think he's in every scene. Yeah. <laughs> and I think this is, I think, Rob Paulson's best performance as Steelbeak. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> and, yeah, again, like, the animation of Steelbeak in this is great. <laughs> there's some really great drawings of him. Like, some like really... <laughs> the, there's some cocky facial expressions, which they totally nail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Disney Japan does some great stuff in the sequence where um, they're in the pencil factory. Yeah. And you got Darkwing and Comic Guy. He's copying his moves. Mm -hmm. And the drawings of Darkwing just about to lose it are really great. <laughs> and that drawing of a pencil-headed Darkwing is just <laughs> perfect. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that at the beginning, you know, Steelbeak's stealing uh what was it rubber ducks i think i actually didn't even rewatch it <laughs> it was rubber ducks yeah yeah rubber ducks and um darkwing doesn't have an entrance line he just but, shows up yeah he shows up but then just him randomly stepping on the rubber duck and it's squeaking is like pretty hilarious there's a lot of great little scenes uh like toward <laughs> the end when darkwing and launchpad crash through the wall in the thunder quack and then gently fall out of the cockpit <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. Steelbeak in the in the cock to be put together with the the bucket and the towel yeah. and the plunger. 
steel wing cluck. <laughs> You've heard of plastic explosives? Well, these are rubber explosives. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that, you know, it's like the bell to make him dance, the whistle to get him to stop, and Steel Beak's plan to prevent this from happening is a giant, a huge, like almost room-filled gun that's a lemon launcher <laughs> that he shoots at their beaks is so cartoony and hilarious. Yeah, and you know, this is, I think, the best episode for the Eggmen, too. Yeah. Should we slice them and then dice them? Or should we dice them and then slice them? <laughs> slice and dice, man. Slice and dice. <laughs> and it leads to, I think, the only comic guy line I like is when he says, you can't make an omelet without pounding the living daylights out of a couple of eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I wish they're, they build up the entire episode to that giant ball and they barely do a thing with it. Yeah. And I really like that as a, a you know, weapon of destruction. But it's very Darkwing Duck. What's yeah. Fowl's weapon? It's a giant bouncing ball. Yeah. It's like, it's Fowl's ball. <laughs> but then Comic Guy shows up, freezes it, and breaks it. And then, like, the whole episode leads up to it, and then they then it ends. Oh, yeah, and even the idea of, like, the whole, like, lesson is to use your weaknesses as strengths. I think that's cool, too, especially in a kid's cartoon. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, ugh, comic guy dressed as MC Hammer really dates it, <laughs> unless it's Vanilla Ice. Either one really dates it. Yep. <laughs> especially with the synthesized uh, MC Hammer music they're playing there. Yeah, the sound alike. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it does lead to that bit where Launchpad's dancing and Darkwing <laughs> kind of side glances at the audience like, oh, this is really painful. <laughs> yeah. But the ending's great where the whole episode was for absolutely nothing because he went to the wrong planet. Yeah, Flug. <laughs> It was where he was supposed to go. <laughs> I think Comic Guy would have been a better remembered character if Planet of the Capes didn't exist. I actually like that one, too. <laughs> that one has its moments, but I think it takes forever to lead up to the good stuff in that episode. Like The first half of that is very dry, but then that one, you get some good stuff. I doubt we'll discuss that one because we're not doing two Comic Guy episodes. But that... <laughs> The I, best I thing think that, that it's another example. It's like the same as this one where it's like comic guy is so annoying that it's like hard with the episodes. But then when you think of the actual plot and the story, like they're both really good. I think it's the voice. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's, you know, it's funny. Um, around 91, 92, when Darping was new, a lot of people, a lot of the kids I went to high school with, um, actually I was in seventh grade, so middle school, there were two things a lot of them would have quote from like different shows. One of them was you sick little monkey. Cause Ren and Stimpy was brand new. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of them, believe it or not, would walk around going ho ho. And I'm like, Oh God, these guys watch Darkwing duck, <laughs> but they're quoting the worst character. <laughs> um, but why planet of the capes works is at the end when they do the whole uh, King size canary riff. Yeah. With the two of them getting bigger and bigger. Tex Avery. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. But um, and Comic like Guy is a very difficult name. character to like. Oh, I forget his name. Horshack Who? from Welcome Back, Cotter, doing the voice of Ordinary Guy. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, Love that. So, yeah, Smarter Than a Speeding. And also, Planet of the Capes is also another B-team Disney uh, Japan episode. Oh, yeah? Not, not as good, though. Yeah. They're, having, they're really having an off day with that episode. Yeah, this Smarter Than a Speeding Bullet, I really like the backgrounds a lot. It's, like, one of the best. Well, there's some unique stuff. There's like, you know, a lot of it's taking place in warehouses. Mm-hmm. And the battle at the end takes place like in an area not far from like the base of the bridge. Yeah. So the bridge is seen in the background, but like from low angles because they're right by the legs of it. Yeah. Like and it's feel of the city. Yeah. It's rare that like any scene takes place in that area of the city, like right on the outskirts by like the pier and the docks. Mm hmm. So that's, it's, you know, visually it's fun. I'll give it that. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> oh, I didn't expect to talk about Comic Guy tonight. <laughs> I knew you would never expect that one. <laughs> no, keep pulling weird ones out like that. And uh, that'll be fun. Um, so with that said, we are the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. Hey, we just hit about 50 minutes. So much for the short episode. <laughs> Um, you can find us on all podcast apps, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, iTunes, Facebook, watch us on YouTube, iHeartRadio, Pandora, just everything. We are literally on everything. You don't even have to look that hard. Um, I might as well mention we also have, um, you know, our social media groups. We have two on Facebook, one that only the admins post in with the um, episode updates, a group just for anyone to join and post whatever they want within reason. And uh, we also have communities on Instagram, Reddit, and uh, Twitter. Um, so, okay, I'll throw it over to you, Tiffany. How can the fans find you? And um, you have anything to plug tonight? Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram at Tiffany Silverbron and at Regurgitating Gertie and YouTube at um, Carney Tube and Radioact Tiffany. Um, I was going to say the other day when we um, sh- uh, did a shout out for Stan, I forgot to mention his YouTube channels. <laughs> oh, go for it. Mention it. So he's at DMC Jedi Man and DMC Jedi Man Gaming on YouTube. <laughs> now he's he's also unboxed the Beast Kingdom figures on his channel, right? Yep. So anybody want to take a, take a look at those figures from someone who's actually bought them, go ahead and go check that out because you're not going to hear us talk about them anymore. um so anyway i guess that's it for tonight we'll see you next week with dangerous currency and we'll we will have stan with us we will still do the mini reviews maybe we'll even get his opinion too that should be fun so until then guys um have a great night uh we'll see you in may and stay dangerous bye ho ho